apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner men punching in. With a punch's chance, we find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet a step and late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Joe Guire and Jared Jones. And we have some fun fights this weekend, all setting up for a big UFC next week. That will be very, very fun. But we got a spectacle. We got uh, we do have some fights to talk about, but let's start it off with the big storyline of last weekend. Jake Paul takes a unanimous decision victory. Over Anderson Silva in the spectacle uh, uh, that it was. Uh, Joe, is Jake Paul gonna ever actually fight a real boxer? No. Why? Why would he fight a real boxer when he doesn't have to? And if people will pay for this garbage, where he beats on older people who have never, I, I, I you know, Anderson Silva had what three career boxing matches coming in. Right, a little different than than mixed martial arts, but that's what this kid does. Julio Savage Junior can fight, though. Oh, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And and so maybe that was kind of the maybe that was an outlier. Maybe Silva wasn't as good as as he was coming off of that fight, right? Maybe 
Maybe he's not that good of a boxer after all. Maybe that was just a great night because this this wasn't. J- Listen, Jake Paul knows how to fight. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Jake Paul, but um, if he were in the ring against a high-quality boxer, you know, that was born in his generation, he would probably not survive the first round. But You know, I... You disagree? I the you argument... Think- I, I mean, I, I, I'm not comfortable with this because I don't feel like Silva was at full speed trying to hurt him. I don't feel like we were having a fight. And I don't feel like the general public's really able to differentiate those two things as well as, say, people who participated in combat sports. Um, I think Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. beats Jake Paul. So it doesn't make sense for him to lose to one guy, beat another. Right. Some of this is a scrub scraps formula. The general public is just seeing a fight and doesn't know any better. Um, I'm not comfortable with it, and I don't. However, that said, I want to give Jake Paul some props here. He can fight. He's taking steps up. These are steps up in class, right? Anderson Silva would beat Nate Robinson. Can we all agree on that? Okay. All right. Now take your favorite fighter, assuming it's not Loma. (laughs) And what I want you to do is take whoever your favorite fighter is out there in Clovercrest Media Podcast land. Take your favorite fighter, look up their first five fights. And tell me what happens if those guys fight the guys who Jake Paul fought in his first five fights. Listen, he's just starting. And your favorite fighter fought guys that all these guys would beat up. Nate Robinson would beat guys your favorite fighter has wins over in the beginning of his career or her career. You I, I think about it though. The first five fights of your career as a boxer, scroll all the way to the bottom of box rec and look at some of those records. Guys that are two and twenty-seven. No, I mean I I, I get that, but uh I, I, it is what it is. Uh Anderson Silva was just too old. And I mean, you, you wanna put Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he's nothing I mean, that Canelo fight, he, he didn't he, but you know, the, 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 the like, difference was that was an actual boxing match where the guys were in yeah. there meaning to hurt each other, and these are not. It's quite clear <sighs> that these are not not full on, you know, take this take this guy's head off kind of fights. So no, I, I love that you said that, Joe, because I think Jake Paul after this fight, I I think Nate Diaz looks like it's next. But my prediction for Jake Paul is he will fight in the octagon before he fights a real boxer. Mm. I think he makes the. I, eventually, he's going to start making. He's making money. Dana White. He's he's taking on all these MMA guys. Eventually, Dana White. I think is going to give him a chance to fight someone real. Give him that CM Punk type contract. And what would Jake close. Paul do against Anderson Silva? If Anderson Silva could kick him in the face and or use Brazilian Brazilian jiu-jitsu to wring his neck. If if this was was an MMA fight, first of all, I don't know how you how you could like not go full speed in an MMA fight. Like you can lay up boxing, right? You can have a boxing exhibition. It's really hard to stage an MMA match and you're not going hard. Uh 
it, it would be very obvious what you were watching. So I think Jake Paul in an octagon would get murdered. Yeah. Because CM outside of – Right, listen, outside of the hand, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's becoming a decent boxer. It's clear the kid's training. You but, got a choice here. You yeah. got a choice here. Okay, ready? Five guys. You can fight Nate Robinson in his debut, Ben Askren in his debut, Tyrone Woodley twice, and then Anderson Silva at 3-0. That's one lineup. Or you can fight Filberto Nito at 1-4, Damon Anthony at 8-25, Aaron Anderson debut, Michael Williams 5-6, Travis Hartman 9-10. Those are the first five opponents of Bud Crawford. And Jake Paul's first five opponents will wipe the floor with those five guys. I I don't know. And I, I'm watching this. And in the way Nate it's Robinson like, I want to. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. That's fair. I'll give you the <laughs> other guys. But maybe Robinson. Yeah, I, Jared, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, yeah. There's something to be said for it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, 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 or you could argue Ben, ben Askren doesn't deserve. I mean, the. That man just wrestled. That's all he did in the octagon ever. In uh, Bellator and uh, what's the one? Uh, I, I don't remember which other promotion he was in. But that's all Aaron he did. Anderson debuted against Bud Crawford and finished his career 3-50. and 50. Well, maybe if things would have gone better against Bud. You know, maybe. <laughs> he should have let Bud end his career is what it sounds like to me. But uh, <laughs> I'll take three and one over three and 50 all day. Barrett, I do have to ask the question, and maybe you can help us with this. How is it possible to have a career go 53 fights when you've only won three of them? Who is who Durability? is that guy's manager? That's amazing. Seven knockouts. Knocked is, out seven times. Is this guy like the Angela Hill of boxing where he's always in the fight? Comes dude, down oh, they get much worse than that. They get so <laughs> the record, dude. They're so bad. There's this uh Vaughn Vaughn Heinrich or something. He's got like 180 losses and and 14 wins. You know, imagine being one of those eight and oh boxers coming out trying to get a win, and this guy beats you. It's like Emmanuel Augustus, just a traveler that beats undefeated guys every once in a while. Fights four undefeated guys, and he'll pick one off every now and again. All right. Uh, let's talk about some real boxing now. Lomachenko takes on Jermaine Dave, uh, Ortiz. Unanimous decision. I mean, uh, not that surprised, but the, the real question coming out of this, Lomachenko versus Haney. Is that the the fight to make next, Joe? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the fight to to make next. Listen, here's Loma was coming off a long layoff, but against Ortiz, he did what he had previously done against uh, Lopez, um, and and that is he did not get off to a good start in this fight, and he went down a couple rounds just doing the feeling out process, so. This fight ends up being a lot closer than it, it – I mean, it, to me, it was more 115-113 than it was a 117-111. Hey, and Ortiz is a bigger guy. Again, sure. I keep saying this. Loma 
is fighting outside of his weight class a little bit or more at his natural weight class, I guess I should say. So he ends up in the ring with Tiafimos and Ortiz and uh, and doesn't look as dominant because the guys are probably 10 pounds, 7 to 14 pounds bigger than they should be. Um, that said, I love what John Scully said about this. You don't have to win a fight to move up. You make a good account of yourself and fight a good fight. And Jermaine Ortiz did that. If he's not on the level where you want to see him fight those other guys, then I don't know what you're looking at. This kid can bang. I said it going in. He'll lose the fight, but he's going to surprise some people. And that's what we got. He lost the fight, but who thought 115-113 going in? Not a lot of people. This was a tune-up for Loma on paper. Yeah. But I mean, Jared is the it, it, Haney's the only guy in that weight class. He's got all the belts now. He's not that much bigger. I, I think now, if you're Loma, that's the perfect fight to make matchup wise, right? That's a great fight. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Does Haney want that fight? <laughs> I don't think so. But I mean, I it. it this fight a little bit, Loma's has that slow start, so there is an avenue, there is an opening that there for Haney to possibly take something. So, yeah, I'm well, not sure well, either one of them has seen anything like either one of them since the amateurs. True. Here, here's my thought on on what you just said, Jay's. Of all the guys in this sport, I think you could feel out. I think Devin Haney is one that. Because he's not exactly super aggressive out of the gate either. And, you know, he works the jab. He's a counter puncher. So I, I think it would be a, a fascinating chess match between two guys that can take a hit, don't get hit a lot, two crafty guys who know how to fight. It, it would be it would definitely be the fight everybody wants to see. And and I don't know how it would uh, I don't know how it would play out. I I do think Loma is getting a little older, getting a little slower. You know, not and again for Loma, that's still better than probably anybody else in the sport. But he he's he's not a spring chicken anymore. Can I? Uh, did did either one of you guys see the Williams Zapata fight? I, I have been hollering about this guy for a while. He just fought JoJo Diaz. Beast, man, this kid is a monster, Willie Zapata. And I mention his name because he's on that list. Jojo Diaz, number 12. Zapata, number six. You got Loma at four and Haney at two. Uh, Davis at one. I want to see number three fight number 10. That's the next fight I'm interested. I don't think Haney Loma is going to happen right away. Next fight I want to see is number three versus number 10. We get Combosis versus Jermaine Ortiz. I really want to see I like that, that fight. One. I think it's a really good matchup. I like that. Or even Ortiz against uh, Lopez, I think, would be pretty good, too. But, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, 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 Loma is definitely getting older. I mean, I mean, think about his real rise to the top. How he had, like, a streak of no masses. Like, I mean – that Loma did not come out. There was no feeling out process, but but now there is. When he's at the top, he's definitely. It sucks to say because he is such a great to say that he's possibly losing a step, possibly getting older. It's it's crazy. 
for how much of a legend he is, but uh, so far, but well, he was running. Uh, he, he was on. He was uh, running on shoulders and tripping on heads. I used to say, <laughs> if their heads and shoulders above the rest, I stumble a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Running on yeah. shoulders, and tripping on heads. Um, and that's what Loma was doing. So to be fair, losing a step and coming down a level still means better than 99% and could beat the best fighters in the world after having lost a step. He was he was the best far and away. He and Katie Taylor four, five, six, seven years ago were far and away the greatest male and female boxers. Now they're getting older. They're in their mid to late 30s and people are catching up. They're also moving up in weight classes to try to affirm their uh, their legacy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, good point from Tony. Ever since moving up to lightweight, he has been injured either in the fight or in training. Yeah. Just can't hold the weight the same. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, going up. But uh, all right. Before we get into the preview of the fights, we still got one more to talk about. Let's talk. Shift over to the UFC. Arnold Allen finishes Calvin Cater. Uh, knee injury by Cater. Uh, but. I mean, it's still a feather in your cap. Uh, I, I think this Arnold. I think Arnold Allen is someone who could be tough. I don't know. Maybe string a couple, a one more big win, name in uh, feather in his cap, and possibly get a title fight. Do you think that could happen, Joe? Yeah, I definitely do, just because of the status of this division. It's unfortunate. We've had so many of these, some of these uh, main events where I wasn't even jazzed up that much in the beginning for this fight, you know what I mean? And then, again, you had another another main event fight and prematurely due to injury, and that's, what about the fourth one? In the last four or five months, it's been happening a lot more lately, and 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 that's that's really disappointing. That said, dude, Arnold Allen is uh really good, and and to beat somebody like uh you know Calvin Cater is uh that, that that's exactly the 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 step up you need a in competition, and then yeah, you know maybe you're one fight away from a belt now. That's a pretty good spot to be in. And I think he beats all of those guys up to up to Volkanovski. Yeah, I like Arnold over Josh Emmett, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, and Max Holloway. I I like Arnold to win those fights. This guy can bang. Oh no, he snuck up on me a little bit, Arnold Allen. But uh, I'm I'm on board now. This this guy can fight. This guy can really fight. Yeah, uh, I I like him as well. He he does also have a sneaky good ground game. Uh. I know it was on the feet most of the time during this fight, but uh, yeah, I, I think he is going to be a fun name. Uh, I love it, this it, take. I love this take, Tony. Wonder how many of these injuries have to do with bad weight cuts, which seem to be rampant right now. We're in our culture, our society, everything's to the max. Guys are trying to cut and then put on 30 pounds in the 24 hours between the next fight and doing things to their body to try to gain a competitive edge that overall weakens their body, and then they get hurt in the fight. Yeah, that's, that's a hot take, Tom. Yeah, but I mean. Four, four fights canceled tonight. That's insane, man. Oh, my Fire. goodness. What is even going on with this sport right now? Fire. That is uh, ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
Uh, but I, I mean, it, it's it, it's weird because I feel like stuff like this does always come in like waves. Because I remember a couple years ago, like to start the year, like P- fighters who missed weight, they were like six. They're like undefeated, like eight and zero to start to like June. So stuff like this, it, it's weird. It happens sometimes. But uh, all right, that's gonna do it for fights that. Recapping fights. We're going to take a break, hear a word from one of our sponsors, and then let's dive into tonight's fights. Shall we, boys? Yes, sir. My name is Roseanne BC, and I'm a certified health coach uh, with the company called Optivia. I'm a coach because I love helping people transform their health and their lives. There's a couple different plans. Um, It's safe for a lot of different people and a lot of different ages. Um, and places in their lives. I have so many clients that have had such great success and there's a portion of the program that is you get your health coach, you get the products, but you also get a community of people who are there. So we do Zooms every Monday night um, nationwide and if people want to get more involved with other people on the same journey as them, then they can join in and have that kind of support. The website you can reach me at is sacredrosehealthandwellness.com and um, you can email me from there or you can book um, a virtual coaching session there where we can get your health assessment started and get you moving in the right direction. Tonight, Dimitri Bivol is set to face the challenge of Gilberto Ramirez in Abu Dhabi for the WBA Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. Let's break it down. Gilberto Ramirez is 31 years old. He's six foot two with a 75-inch reach and a record of 44-0 with 30 knockouts. From Mazatian, Sinola, Mexico, Ramirez grew up surrounded by crime and poverty, turned to boxing at the age of 12 to escape gang life, and after a choppy amateur career, he made his professional debut August of 2009 with a first-round knockout. Over the next six years, he amassed a record of 27-0 with 21 knockouts before picking up his first belt the NABF super middleweight title with a fifth-round TKO of Giovanni Lorenzo. He retained that belt five times, including an eighth-round stoppage of Fulgencio Zuniga and a unanimous decision over Maxim Vlasov before defeating longtime champ Arthur Abraham in April of 2016 for the WBO super middleweight title. After five title defenses, including two decisions over Jesse Hart, He won the NABF light heavyweight title with a 10th round TKO over Alfonso Lopez. Seven months later, he took on longtime top light heavyweight contender Sullivan Barrera, dominating the Cuban with his southpaw jab and dropping him in the third round with a body shot before finishing him off in the fourth with a brutal three-punch combination. In December of 2021, he defeated Yoneski Gonzalez, steadily breaking him down before stopping him in the 10th with a barrage of 18 unanswered punches. And five months later, blew out Germany's Dominic Bossel, giving him a hellacious beating before stopping him in the 4th with a ferocious right to the body. A long-rangey southpaw, Ramirez utilizes a stiff jab and excellent footwork to keep his opponents at distance while applying constant pressure with a steady body attack and possesses devastating one-punch knockout power in his right hand. Dimitri Bivol is 31 years old. He's six foot tall with a 72-inch reach and a record of 20-0 with 11 knockouts. Born in Kyrgyzstan and raised in Russia, he took up boxing at six years old, winning two World Amateur Championships and amassing a record 
of 268-15 and 15 before turning pro in 2014 with a six-round knockout of Jorge Oliveira. After winning his first six fights by knockout, he defeated Felix Valera in dominant fashion to become the WBA interim light heavyweight champion. In his first title defense, he took on Robert Barrage, overwhelming him and opening up a terrible cut over his right eye, forcing the stoppage. Knockouts over Samuel Clarkson, Cedric Agnew, and Trent Broadhurst followed before Bivol faced his toughest challenge in the dangerous veteran Sullivan Barrera. Despite a swollen and cut eye caused by an accidental headbutt, Bivol dominated the action, outboxing the more experienced Cuban before dropping him in the last round, forcing the stoppage. In his next fight against longtime contender Isaac Chalemba, Bivol put on another impressive performance, putting on a virtual shutout with scores of 120 to 108. He followed that with another one-sided beating over former light heavyweight champion Jean Pascal, dominating from the start with a brilliant display of counterpunching. On March 9, 2019, he again proved he's among the elite in the sport when he completely wiped out New York's Joe Smith Jr., who despite landing an occasional right hand was totally outclassed by the faster and craftier champion. He capped off 2019 with another masterclass, this time over Gilbert Castillo, after a year layoff, he scored a dominant unanimous decision over Craig Richards and five months later made his eighth straight title defense when he completely dismantled fellow countryman Umar Salamov. On May 7, 2022, he won his most significant victory to date when despite being a plus 400 underdog, he shocked the world with a surprisingly one-sided victory over pound-for-pound -pound king Saul Canelo Alvarez, putting on an exceptional display of counterpunching and outlanding the Mexican superstar in every single route and route to an exciting unanimous decision. An incredibly fluid and technically proficient counterpuncher, Bivol has excellent footwork and power and is among the finest defensive fighters in the sport. He has a solid chin and controls the rhythm and pace of his fights with his remarkable concentration and ability to cut off the ring and close the distance. With a devastating power and southpaw style, give Zerto the edge he needs to upset the champion and achieve light heavyweight gold? Or will the slick counter-punching and fluid movement of Bivol prove to be too much as he continues to cement his legacy as one of the very best in the sport? Tune in Saturday night for Ramirez versus Bivol, and let's find out. Uh, I mean, Bivol coming off that uh, Alvarez win. Uh let's be honest, we all wanted Baturviev to be the next fight. But, uh, Joe, how, how do you see this playing out? This is going to be a great fight, is what's going to happen. This is going to be a banger. This is, uh, you know, listen, Gilberto Ramirez has size. He has the experience. But he's never faced anybody like Bivol. And I think ultimately where he's going to run into trouble is Bibble's ability to utilize the jab and keep distance is, is going to not allow Ramirez to wind up, and uh, because he he really he's got a thunderous right hand. I just don't see him getting in there. Bibble doesn't make mistakes, so it it, it it's going to be very difficult for. I mean, I think on paper this is a great fight. They're very evenly matched guys, but I I just think that right now where Bibble is, you know. He's certainly a beatable fighter, but it, it, it's it's not going to be by Gilberto Ramirez. Yeah, yeah um, I want you to be careful with this fight, guys. I can see why you like Bivol. I totally get it. 
But I got to tell you, one of our pound-for-pound pound kings went down not too long ago. Plus 400. And when that guy that beat him went into his next fight, he fought a plus 400 and lost. Upset City. Why? Because he beat one of our best. And so we thought he must be one of the best. But Loma moved up to fight Lopez. And then Lopez wasn't as good as he thought we thought he was. The same thing happens here. Bivol beats Canelo, one of our pound-for-pound pound kings. So we think he's one of the best at plus 400. The next guy comes in at plus 400 is his size and beats him. I'm taking Bivol to lose here. Give me Ramirez, and somebody might stop, get stopped, man. Both of these guys can bang. I might take the under on this one. Like, this is this is going to be a great fight, a great fight. But don't expect Bivol to look like he did against Canelo. Don't expect the disparity between Ramirez and Canelo's boxing skills to show up in this fight. He's 15 pounds bigger as a human being than Canelo. It's not going to look the same. If he if if Bivol stands there and lets this guy punch his shoulder a hundred times, he, he's not going to be able to lift his hand up over his waist. This is a bigger guy. This is a harder puncher, and we're high on Bivol because those numbers are lopsided because he just beat Canelo, and not because he's that much better than Ramirez. All right, I, I, I'm going Bivol. Uh, I, I think at light heavyweight right now, it's a one-two situation. I think it's Viterbiev and Bivol. Uh, I, I I understand where you're coming from, Jared, but just I, I think Bivol has a better resume right now. Um, and I, I think it, it Based is on the fight with Canelo, what else? Uh, Joe Smith Jr., I, I think is a pretty solid. You're taking player. Joe Smith over Jesse Joe Hart? That was a good fight. I, I think I, I just. This guy yeah. beat Jesse Hart twice. Bazil can fight this. Tommy Carpensi's a good fighter. Alfonso uh, Alfonso Lopez, like these guys can fight. He fought good fighters. Bivol fought good fighters. And then Bivol beat Canelo, who came up to weight class to fight him. Yeah. I understand why people are picking Bivol here, but plus 300 is too high. Please, if you're gambling, be careful with this fight. Don't go overboard with Bivol, and you might want to throw a few bucks on the dog. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, hedge your bets here tonight. That's not a bad idea. Nah, I think... I, I got the same thing going in MMA with Lemos getting the knockout. You know, you don't want to get into a back-and-forth bang-out in that fight. Yeah, it takes it. Stack the underdogs. Stack the favorites. Okay. May end uh, up with I like all the under, though. I, I do like the under. Uh, every other sport, I like points, so I bet the over. Fights, bet the under for the knockout, baby. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I got Bivol. I think it's a one-two. I think this is a... Uh, Holloway, Volkanovski type situation we have here at light heavyweight with uh, Bivol and Baturbiev. So, yeah. All right. And Baturbiev uh, beats all of these guys. Yes. BT yes. dubs. 100%. Like his, uh, like his finish rate. But, uh, all right, Jared. Kicking it to you. Your girl, Marina Rodriguez, Amanda Limos. Uh, 
she should get a title shot if she wins this wins this bout. Uh, I'm assuming you're going Rodriguez here, Jared. Ah, uh, this one's tough, man. This one's really, really tough. I I think she needs range to be Lumos, and that's gonna that's that's gonna be tough. She might get banged up. This is another one I don't like the line. I think it's like even money, maybe plus one forty for Lumos. They have it like two or three to one. That's that's way too high. Um, that said, I think she'll outpoint her. She'll outstrike her. Um, haven't really seen her banged up by hands before. That looked like. She's just, she's just better. I'd rather, I'd rather, you take the boxer over the slugger every time. Take the technique over the power. Uh, five rounds. I mean, it's Harry. She could land something, but uh, I'm taking Rodriguez here. I would have been more apt to take Lemos if not for the way she got steamrolled by Jessica Andrade last April. A win over Michelle Waterson. I maybe that restored confidence in her from from her corner. It, it didn't, as far as I'm concerned, at all. So, whereas if this fight had been last February, I would probably have taken Lemos. But I think at this point, in the way Rodriguez is fighting, you know she she's one good beat down away from a, a title, and I think she's going to get it tonight. Um, you know, and to be fair, it's it's a lot like the girl she just fought, Jan. It's it's the same idea. It's gonna have to get close to her and hit her with something. But not a lot of girls like that on Rodriguez's record. To be fair, she didn't fight a lot of bangers. Mackenzie Dern, Michelle Waterson, Tisha Torres, Ronda Marcos. Like not, these aren't striking fear into me because of how hard they can hit. Right. And uh that Limos is the Hardest puncher she will face to date. Yeah, uh, I I also think Lemos does have an avenue of victory if she can get it to the ground. I think she might be able to uh, submit Rodriguez, but uh, I I don't see that happening. That's a so tough like, ask. Yeah, <laughs> well, like you said, Jared, I think keeping it at distance, uh, just outscoring her, outpointing her. Uh, talk about the under last fight over this fight. I'd imagine it's probably four and a half, probably. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's gonna go to the judges' scorecards. But uh, yeah, all right. We're not done talking about fights. Let's recap. Let's look at uh, some other fights going on this week. Joe, what's your fight of the night? Well, uh, Neil Magny is in the co-main event, and if he wins the fight, he will pass George's St. Pierre for uh, wins in the welterweight division, which is a pretty impressive feat for a guy who's always been just below the radar, I feel like, for, for a really long time. And so uh, going to be a good fight. That's a very worthy main event or co-main event, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. I, I like that one. Neil Magny's a beast. Uh, it would be great to see him get a pass that record mark. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, I, I don't want Jared to steal my fight of the night, so I'm going now. For the <laughs> undisputed ju- women's junior welterweight title, Chantel Cameron versus Jessica. Wow. Exactly <laughs> what he had. Wow. wow. Bravo. Okay. That, I respect I that. Yeah. 
Sorry there, Jared. Uh, was that yours? Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's one. It's it's one of those fights where I can't figure out who to bet on. I kind of like Chantel, but I like I've stayed away from that fight completely. The overs minus nine hundred. There's nothing to pick in that fight. It's like not there. Um, that's going to be one. That's a, like one of the female fights of that guy coming coming behind Amanda and Katie Taylor is going to be tough. But I'm telling you, these are two of the girls you want to watch this fight. Uh, McCaskill and Cameron, definitely. And Chase, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a deep dive to know that you're taking one out from under me, too, by the way. Um, that said, Jin Yu Fry can bang. And Pollyanna Vienna is uh, on the rise. That's going to be a good fight. Those females on the UFC card are. Uh, Pollyanna might might get knocked out. I like her. Be careful with Pollyanna. She might get caved. All right. Speaking of those females on the UFC card, Jared, one of those females you got on your puncher's chance parlay? Turns into even money. You take Rodriguez and Tiger Yulambikov, and it turns into even money. They're both about minus 240 and minus 260, something like that. So 100 wins 100 with both of them. Uh, throw the under and Bivol uh, Ramirez on there? Make uh, no, no. The way, the way oh, I always – the way I do it is I take I like – I stack my favorites, I stack my dogs, and then I'll stack my coin tosses. So that will go into another round-robin parlay where I need three out of four and four kills uh, I might do this and throw throw the under because that might be fun. But uh, we'll see. But uh, I think three hundred, yeah, plus three hundred. I like Damn. that. Yeah, yeah, ten and a half. I'll take that. I like those, the under. All those things can happen. Yeah, but uh, that's gonna do it for fights. Uh, big shout out to Andy Mac Home Mortgage as well as Optivia. Uh, for sponsoring today's episode. And as always, Clovercrest Media, make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com for more information about this podcast and a bunch of other great podcasts too. Myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, and Jared Jones. We're going to end the show like we always do. And Jared, brother, hit us with that flurry. Today's flurry is called Help the Bear. I, uh, I'm always incessantly talking about how Scrub Scraps helps build you not just into a fighter and, and into a, a human being that's able to better keep yourself safe, but uh, also like you build a camaraderie that you're not going to get anywhere else. You're, you're competing and it's combat and, you're, and the physical nature of it, there's just something magical there. Um, I say it all the time. Uh, so... Uh, two weeks ago, there were two kids hiking in the woods um, when a bear jumped out of the woods. Throw that first picture up. Bear jumped out of the woods and attacked. Uh, that's Brady and Kendall right there. Um, Brady's on the left. Kendall's on the right. They're hiking in the woods just out, and a bear jumps out and grabs uh, Brady's arm breaks it in several places, throws him down the hill, and then charges toward him. 
Uh, Kendall on your right here chased down the bear, jumped on his back, started clawing at his face, trying to pull its ears off. And then the bear uh, let Brady go and turned his fury on Kendall. Um, the bear grabbed Kendall. Brady started screaming to, uh, to get it to chase him. Uh, throw that second picture up. This is Kendall post bear attack. This is the kid that jumped on a grizzly bear to try to save his friend. And I think, throw that third picture up, I think when you're part of a team and you know you have other people looking out for you, you know, it wasn't the strength and power that the wrestling team gave them. It wasn't his wrestling ability that saved his friend. It was the knowledge that we're all in this thing together. They started that walk together. And if they were going to finish that walk, they were going to do it together. There is something in combat sports that you can't get anywhere else. And anywhere else. And if Brady and Kendall didn't have it, we might not have either one of them. Thanks, guys. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.